0: Disruptive Storytelling with Military Changemakers is a bi-weekly podcast presented by Partners in Promise. Partners in Promise is a nonprofit dedicated to protecting the rights of military children in special education. Large organizations like the military have learned to love the status quo, but at Partners in Promise, we believe in being disruptive as we have learned that having easy conversations rarely leads to real change. In special education or in the military. We are storytellers who aren't afraid to get a little disruptive. Disruptive Storytelling is sponsored by the Modern Military Association of America. Founded in 1993, MMAA is the nation's largest nonprofit organization dedicated to advancing fairness and equality. For the LGBTQ Military and Veteran Community, learn more about what the change makers at MMAA are up to at modernmilitary.org. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Disruptive Storytelling with Military Changemakers. I'm your host, Jennifer Barnhill, the Chief Operating Officer for Partners in Promise. Today on our show, we are joined by Amanda Huffman. Amanda Huffman is a military spouse and veteran who served in the Air Force for six years as a civil engineer, including a deployment to Afghanistan. She traded in her combat boots for a diaper bag to stay at home with her two boys and follow her husband's military career. She published her first book in 2019, titled Women of the Military, sharing the stories of 28 military women. In 2019, she also launched her podcast, also titled Women of the Military. She was selected as one of the Hill Vets 100 in 2020 and is one of the 2021 Department of Veteran Affairs Center for Women Veteran Trailblazers. We are thrilled to have Amanda on the show to talk about her experiences with military stigma. Thank you, Amanda, for joining us today on Military Stigma, Tough Conversations Worth Having. I'm thrilled to have you and welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: So uh, the topic today we're going to touch upon is obviously related to your personal experience as an active duty service member, but also as your Transition from active duty service member to military spouse. And so there are a lot of areas of stigma that are affiliated and associated with being an active duty service member who is also female. Can you just give us a little bit of, b- of your background as far as your military connection and initial experiences when you first joined the military?
1: Yeah, so I joined the Air Force through the Reserve Officer Training Corps program, ROTC, and I ended up meeting. My husband during ROTC and I got my degree in civil engineering and so I got my career field with civil engineering. is pretty straightforward and my husband and I were lucky enough to get stationed together after we got married at our first assignment and we spent six years both being active duty. During that time I deployed to Afghanistan for a nine-month deployment and when we got pregnant with my son I decided to leave the military behind and become a military spouse um, because we spent I think approximately three years apart during the six years we were on active duty together between my deployment, the training, my TDYs, his TDYs and that doesn't even count like the exercises when he was working nights and I was working days and we were just so overwhelmed by the challenges of being both in the military that when we thought about adding kids to our life, we were like, yeah, this is going to get really complicated really fast. And so that was why I decided to leave the military. But I loved being in the Air Force and I had so many great experiences in the military.
0: Well, I know that the decision to kind of take a step back for family is, is something that's not an easy decision. How did you and your husband to kind of come to that together. How did you, how did you decide for you to step back versus him or how did you decide what the right move was?
1: So it's interesting that I'm on a stigma podcast because we never ever considered him not staying in, which looking back is kind of silly because my career field kind of had more advantages, uh, except for the fact that I deployed a lot more, but there was a lot more like career promotion and different opportunities. And we never considered that. I never considered it until I was on a podcast and someone said, why did you get out and not him? And I was like, because I'm the woman. And like, that's a stigma. But that was something that we never really talked about him getting out and me staying in. And What we did do was we took a list of like reasons I should stay in the military, reasons I should get out of the military. And even though the reasons I should stay were like, you know, there were like three things and the list to get out was like a hundred long. It was still a really hard decision. And a lot of the things that were on my reasons to get out are not things that are in the military today. So it would have changed my whole experience. Maternity leave is 12 weeks instead of six weeks and male maternity leave is six weeks in the air force which is crazy because it was 10 days and the time before you have to deploy is a year instead of six months so there's a lot of changes that have happened in the last eight years that have changed the military and I think it would have changed maybe not my eventual getting out but how I decided to leave the military.
0: And so when you look back on, you know, that decision-making process and now you have hindsight and all these things have changed, which maybe would have changed your decision. But when you look back now, you know, did you feel like you were making the right choice the whole time? Or did you feel other people were kind of looking at your choice and questioning your choice to get out?
1: I don't know if other people were questioning my choice, but I felt... I felt this great responsibility to work because I had a civil engineering degree and I was a woman in engineering and STEM and that was like a big deal and to be a stay-at-home mom I felt like I wasn't fulfilling my like higher calling but the problem was I hated civil engineering. I loved it in the Air Force but I didn't want to be stuck behind a desk doing like autocad drawings and doing engineering when I did that in the Air Force I was like I don't want to be I don't. I can't sit at an office all day. This is driving me crazy. And so, so that was like part of where I was at was like, I was in an office job. So maybe that plays into it more. I've never really thought about that, but I was in an office job that I really didn't like. And so staying in the military just kind of felt like torture because I was like, I don't want to do this. And then I felt this guilt that like, I should do it because I'm a woman, I'm breaking barriers. And I'm supposed to, because I went to school, I got my degree, and now I'm serving in the Air Force, and so I think I put a lot of pressure on myself, because I felt like I had done all these things, and now I was choosing to stay home, and I thought that maybe that wasn't, that's what I really wanted to do, but I wasn't allowing myself to do what I wanted.
0: Do you have any thoughts about, you know, why that was hard for you, or or why they're was that feeling of hesitation. You know, you obviously came to a point where you knew what was right for you and your family, but other pressures, whether internal or external, made you feel like that choice, even though it sat right with you initially, didn't continue to sit right with you. So yeah. what was kind of like that next step? Obviously, you you once you made your decision, it, there was no going back. So, you know, that's kind of the um, the process. But after you made that choice, did you feel supported by your family, your spouse, and, and uh, your other service members and, and friends?
1: Um, That's a good question. I think I definitely felt support from my husband, and we knew that we had made the best choice, but it was just a really hard transition, and, you know, the military gives out awards for, like, doing everything, and even in school, you get awards for doing, like, this and that, and then I became a mom, And I did all this stuff and nobody gave me any awards or anything. They were like, so what? You're a mom. And so that was like the hard, my ego took a major, I didn't realize like how much those awards meant to me until I didn't have them. And so I think that was like the big shift. I went from like the school system where you get awards and grades and, and validation. And then I became a mom and my son like didn't didn't sleep. He didn't, you know, he didn't do what I thought he was gonna do. And I just felt like I was a failure at everything I was doing after being in my life the whole time of being like a type A personality, getting good grades, doing the right things to get the awards. And then I became a mom and I was like, What am I doing wrong? Everything's falling apart.
0: <laughs> well, I know that there is a Harvard Business Review article that said something along the lines of how women are statistically more likely to volunteer for tasks that don't lead to promotion. And the idea that there is this hierarchy of tasks and jobs and skills that are considered more valuable, more important and, and why women end up stepping up into those roles. They don't want someone else to have to volunteer, but they're the ones who do and, and volunteer statistically. They're more likely to. So it's the idea that your role as a, as a mom is that volunteer job that's less accolades, more internal, and that's that's a really hard thing uh, to transition to. And I know as there's mommy guilt, there's tons of things that go along with being a parent. But as you transitioned from active duty service member to a military spouse role, what was that transition like for you? I know I've spoken with you previously and heard a little bit about your story, and I know that active duty females are often associated with being spouses, even when they're not military spouses. And I just wondered, what was that transition like for you going from active duty to military spouse?
1: Yeah. So I was very active in the military spouse community because I was a military spouse. And I was like, I know it's like to be a military spouse because I am one and I'm like active in the community. And I wasn't like afraid of being around military spouses or any of that. And then i became an actual military spouse not that i wasn't a military spouse but like not an active duty service member but just a military spouse and i was like oh (laughs) this is not the same thing so i think that was the part that was the most interesting because i thought like being a spouse was like going to the spouse events and doing those but that's like the fun part of being a spouse is getting to go to like the spouse events hang out with people But being home with a baby when my husband's gone for eight weeks, that's what military spouse, the hard part that people don't really talk about or you just can't really understand how hard it is. Um, As we're recording this, my husband flew home this week because his dad was passing away and I didn't understand that I was going to have to do that. I didn't understand that I was going to have to be in Virginia and he was going to be in California and he was going to be like with his family, and I was going to be alone with the kids. And I was like, that's something that like a military spouse, that's something they feel because it happens a lot where family tragedies happen, and then you're separated from your spouse in a really hard time. And I don't think that you really understand that until you go through one of those really hard situations where military spouse life, it's there's advantages to it and people talk about like the dependa blah 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 but that's like the stuff people see it's all the stuff underneath that's really hard that people don't see and they don't talk about and that's what I've learned as being a military spouse is like there's so many sacrifices that the husband or wife who stays home have to make and take care of the kids and the family and it's just really hard.
0: And so when we talk about stigma and how it's felt in the different areas, it's felt internally, it's felt, you know, how you see others and also felt corporately. And so when you think about like that corporate feeling of stigma associated with being a military spouse, how would you characterize that in your experience? The
1: corporate stigma of military spouse? Mm
0: -hmm. How do you feel that? How does it actually feel to you to be a military spouse if for someone who doesn't know that you were also previously a service member so (laughs) do you ever feel like there is you know people see you differently do you feel that yeah
1: I mean I've actually had people say why do you understand the military so well I was talking to I was at an event for my husband and I was being escorted to where I needed to go. And he was like talking to me and I was like, oh, well, you know, promotion this. And like, I was using all the military lingo. And he was like, how do you know all this stuff? And I was like, oh, I'm a veteran. He's like, oh, because I was like, how does this lady know everything? And so it's just kind of, they kind of assume that military spouses don't understand the military because I don't, that's just like an assumption, which is kind of funny because I bet military spouses know way more than people give them credit. Um, They just don't like, they probably don't feel comfortable. Like I'm not afraid to talk about all the things because it's a language that I speak. Um, But I think overall the corporate culture is like, oh, the military spouse is there to take care of the family, but they don't really, they're not involved in the whole process.
0: So as, as far as your overall experience in that transition and, and how you perceive how you have been treated throughout your time as a service member to how you are treated now as a military spouse. Is there any one, you know, kind of story that kind of stands out to you that you feel comfortable sharing with us about those experiences as it relates to feeling stigmatized or judged by people who may or may not know you very well?
1: So when I went to Disneyland once, there was a guy who had a Vietnam veteran hat and I was like oh I'm a veteran and I he was like oh okay <laughs> and then my husband he had I, he was put in the stroller away and he came up and he I said oh he's in he's a veteran too and the guy was like oh what did you do and he like talked to him about my husband's career and he just like he didn't know what to say to me and it really made me upset because I was like hello you could have asked him the same <laughs> questions that you asked you know, that they, they, you asked him and you didn't ask me. And I think that's one of the hardest parts of being a female veteran is when you say that. And I've had experiences where I've been like talking about my experience. And one older lady was like, oh, no, no, something about being a spouse. And I was like, no, I was in the military. And she was like, you're a spouse. No, I was in the military. And so people just can't wrap their minds around women being in the military, and they just, I don't know, it's so weird. You don't have to ask a different question. If you ask a male veteran, or if you say thank you for your service because that's what you feel comfortable with, that's what you say to a woman. You don't have to come up with a new, it's the same thing. And that's, I think that's the hardest part is when people find out I'm a veteran And then they find out my husband's a veteran and then like the way they treat him and the way they treat me are not the same and it's really that's really hard.
0: Yeah and I know you know in your role and speaking to other veterans um, you hear a lot of different stories as well and it's what you just shared is something that I think is universal not necessarily just in the military but You know, when you see a public official or a celebrity being interviewed and their questions are very different, the females are generally asked how they find that balance between family life and work life. But often men are not asked that kind of question. So it's almost just another reflection of that same line of thinking. But just now we're talking about the military specifically. In speaking with, as I mentioned, you know, other female service members, do you feel like they're feeling the same way or, or is there... You know, do you think your experience is that different, or is that kind of the the theme that you're also noticing from them too?
1: I think uh, women who serve in the military are tired, and so they may, their choice is to not talk about it. I'm one of those people who won't shut up, and I keep talking about it. But uh, a lot of women are tired, and so they don't bring it up. They don't stand up at ceremonies. They don't raise their hand. They don't tell people, there's a big problem with women not self-identifying as a veteran. I think there's a problem with the male community too, but it's not as talked about, but people don't want to deal with like in, in the female veteran groups that I'm on Facebook, there often is a talking about if they park in the parking stall that says veteran, people will come up to them and tell them they can't park there. And, and it's like, No, I'm a veteran, and I feel that, like, whenever I park in a veteran parking spot, even though I talk to women about their service, and I'm very proud to be a veteran, I am afraid when I park there, because I'm a mom with two kids, and I don't look like a veteran, and I've heard the stories, but fortunately, that's never happened to me, but I just know that people will choose to not park in the veteran parking spot, because they just don't want to deal with it, And and they just, it's easier to just pretend that they're not, that that's a different part of their story. And so I think that's why it's so powerful that we're starting to like tell the stories of women and hear more stories because it helps women who feel like they've been forgotten to know that they, they have a story to share and that, and that, and there are people advocating for them.
0: Yeah. And I, I thank you for that. And so one way you mentioned of how people can, you know, move forward because we, you know, we can talk about stigma and the the negatives we've experienced, but ultimately the purpose of talking about stigma is to help bring the situations to light so that they can be corrected. And so you mentioned for people who are maybe unsure of what to say, say the same thing, you know, if it's to a female service member or or a male service member, you would say the same thing or veteran, pardon me. But are there any other th- Suggestions or uh, recommendations you would either have for people who are maybe unsure of how to behave, and/or to those female veterans as well. Do you have any words of encouragement for them and how they can go forward and tell their stories so that they don't have to give up that great parking yeah. space? I don't want to make light, but you know, it's that's one example of a yeah. larger issue. So apparently. I
1: used to get mad when people would assume I was like at at ceremonies when I raise my hand next to my husband, people assume that I don't understand the question and that I'm a spouse. And I used to get really frustrated and mad. And now I look at it as an opportunity to educate people instead of getting mad at them and them not understanding. I'm I'm trying to focus on the positive aspect that I can say no I am a woman veteran I served in the military for six years and this is my story and instead of being like I'm so mad that you don't understand because me getting mad and saying you don't understand doesn't help them understand because then they just think I'm mad and they don't even know why because I didn't tell them that they're wrong about what their assumption is and so I think that's probably why I'm so passionate about the work that I do because I've kind of shifted that anger that I felt an inner turmoil and I've d- redirected it to help educate people and change the stigma because if we're silent about it then people won't ever know and they won't understand
0: yeah it it's so true and so thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us but before we say good goodbye at- Do you have any last minute thoughts or anything you'd like to add that we didn't cover um, about this topic? Because, you know, you are someone who believes in having these wonderful conversations and that is, is great. And we thank you for your contribution to the space, but is there anything else that you'd like to share before we say
1: goodbye? I always like to end interviews by saying your story matters because I don't think you can say that enough because people often, when I first started doing interviews of, women for for my deployment series and then now for the podcast they would be like well you know I was I was in but I don't have an important story and then I finally would get them to talk to me and I'd be like what are you talking about (laughs) what do you mean you don't have an important story and I think everyone has such an important story to tell and just a unique perspective of their service male or female and even civilians who aren't in but are supporting service members through a variety of different ways and if we tell the stories then people will know people can connect to stories so your stories really matter so much
0: well thank you again amanda if you want to learn more about amanda and the work that she's doing we'll put that in the show notes and thank you so much for joining If you are experiencing feelings of shame as a result of stigma, know that you are not alone. There are resources available to you. This could look like contacting your military inspector general in case of systemic issues or seeking free counseling services via Military OneSource online or by calling them at 800-342-9647. Want to share your disruptive story? Contact us at info at or visit us on our website at thepromiseact.org.